Hallelujah. January is a hard month, huh? To come to church, praise God, hallelujah, but God is good. And, uh, you know, I was thinking as I was sitting here, have you ever wondered uh, why it can seem easier sometimes when you come to church? Like, it can be, seem easier. I don't, let me try to explain this this way. Like, if I, um, I, 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 so many times as I was being raised up in the faith, you know, I would, uh, uh, I would go to church and, you know, you'd be there and, and, and somebody would preach something. Maybe they'd preach a scripture, right? They just, they just bring out a scripture and all of a sudden you're like, wow, you knew the scripture, but you, you seen it differently than you ever saw it. And you, you almost felt it. You know what I mean? You're just like, man, this is awesome. This is great. It's just refreshing to get this. And, and maybe, uh, maybe there was a time of prayer once in a while and you just in that corporate place of prayer you were just like able to to just just go and pray and it was just easy or or how about worship you know if we think about I don't know about you but if I think about uh being at home and raising my hands and start singing songs out loud I I get a little creeped out by it but somehow when I come to church it's easy to do that you know and have you ever wondered why it's sometimes easy to do those things? The reason is, is because when we come together, we come together as uh, believers, as a body, we, we assemble as God has intended us to do. Now, what I mean is, as God intended us to do, he didn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, you know, lay out, this is what a church has got to look like. You have the seats in this arrangement and this order or whatever. You know, that people can get creative with those things, I believe. I don't think that those things necessarily matter. But it's coming together with that, that one heart, that one faith, that one belief, that one thought process of coming together to receive from the Lord. And what happens is, is when you come together uh, as the local body, and this is why church is important for us, because when we come together, it, it, it builds us up in a spiritual sense that we don't, you just can't get other places. Now, you know, if somebody's not feeling well or whatever, and you're not, you have to do it online or, you know, there's, 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 uh, you know, there, there's, you can do that and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but, you know, we understand that there's something about assembling where the power of God really rests. And um, and there's and and that's where that's that's why it becomes easier even to receive from the word, to read the word, to to get those things. We can't get those just on our own. And although you can get a level of that, you're never going to get into the fullness of what God has. And I see so many people that that uh, over the years they just get chewed up and spit out by the devil because they never really connect to their local church. Now you know I I believe that it's up to each individual to uh, decide where, where God wants them to be. I don't believe I can tell people that. Um, it's not my job to tell people that. But it is my job to encourage you that it's in that place that, we, that we'll get our refreshing. It's in that place that we will find the help that we need if, if we're truly seeking God, amen? And that's why it's so important for us to come together. But if you've ever wondered why it's easier sometimes, and maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I haven't noticed any difference. Well, praise the Lord, <laughs> glory to God. Uh, but I, I, I know that I have, and I know I've had that conversation with many people over the years. You know, some people uh, even talk about, you know, if they, they miss a week or uh, even sometimes it's as simple as a week that they, they feel something different in their lives, you know, and, and it's the same way. And of course, it's not to put bondage and condemnation on people. Listen, I don't tell people this because I'm trying to put bondage and condemnation on you. I'm telling you this because it's, it's, it's what we understand that, that sets us free. Yeah. You know, my wife and I don't show up to church every week because it's a job. We show up to church every week because it's what God's called us to do. 
You know what I mean? And not because he's called us to do it as preachers. We proved it first in showing up by being congregation members, you know, just sitting in the seats. And again, not to put bondage on people, but we, <clears throat> one of the things that's happening in, in today, today's society, again, if, you know, this isn't your church, then find the church you're called to be, but be in church. Um, because in this society, we, what, what's happening is there's this, uh, this loss of the local church or the importance of the local church that is on the rise. And it's actually, it's actually a pandemic in its own right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we need to be encouraging one another along these lines. Because if you, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when the attack comes, what's one of the first things you think of? Leaving the church, right? Isn't that one of the first things that always happens? Why do you think that happens? Because that's now listen. There can be an attack, or there can be an attack that causes you to leave a church. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not saying that there never is. But there's another side to this as well that the devil knows that if he can get people out of uh, out of church away from God, that he can get them separated from the from from the plan for them, because they won't. Uh, they'll, they'll just and actually, um, you know, in the situation my wife talked about, um, that's exactly part of part of what happened. Is in in some Sometimes the things that we do remove us from that place of what we're supposed to be, uh, and it can affect us in a way that's very, um, very hard. It's very difficult. Uh, and, and, you know, my wife and I have been in, in, in this position ourselves. Following God, we've been in a position of, of being separate from people that we used to run with or people that we ran hard with. And sometimes those things, even in that, can be a, it can be a hard thing because you recognize your importance for it. So what do we do? We do our best to make sure that that's there, to do our part and, of course, trust God for the rest. But the point in all of what I'm saying is to not take it lightly, but to embrace it. Uh, you know, as I said last week, I used that, that word, you know, and it says to consider, you know, doesn't mean to, oh, I just thought about it, but no, consider as, can, we can, how do we consider as Christians thoughtfully? We consider with the intent that we're, that we're, how does this fit into my life? Not how can I, oh, I consider it, just throw it away, but how does this fit into my life? And so when there's a message, praise the Lord. You know, when there's a message that's preached, even if there's a message that's preached hard, you don't have to be offended by it. You have to look at it. Does it apply to my life? And if it does, how does it apply to my life? And consider that. Consider how it applies to your life. And if you need correction, then correct it. And if you don't, then move on. It's that simple. You know, we don't need to allow the devil to get us to a place where we're so out of our minds that we can't do the most basic things that God has called us to. Amen? Praise the Lord. And and, and there's so much in that. But uh, that's not my message, but maybe part of it, I guess. Amen. Today we're going to continue on Christianity 101, and this is part two. You know, and my, uh, you know, my heart behind these messages, the reason I believe that the Lord delivered it to me, uh, which is in my heart, the heart behind these messages is to really, uh, to stir up those ideas of what it really means to be a Christian. And I'm hoping that I do justice through this series. Again, I, this is at least the second week. I don't know how many uh, weeks I'll go into it um, as much, I guess, as the Lord gives me unction to. Uh, but, but these are things about being a Christian. You know, someone came to me this week and they said, you know, or d- during the week, and they said that, you know, this message, they said uh, it, it was good for situations, but it's also good just in general. 
It's good just, it was just a good all round just to, to help us. And, you know, and, and I really appreciated that because there's truth in that. You know, there's the, 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 with, when the word is preached, there's something in it for us to help us. The purpose is to help us. But one of the things that we can do is we can get so caught up in our minds or caught up in uh, our, our own thought processes that we, uh, that we, we, we just kind of put ourselves into a box, separate ourselves out, start feeling bad for ourselves or whatever, and then disconnect from what God's doing and it won't help us anyways. Because if we disconnect, God can't help us. It's all entirely up to us. Amen? Listen, one of the things that I know about the Lord is that some of the greatest oppositions I've gone through, and I've gone through some serious oppositions, amen? But some of the greatest oppositions I've gone through, one of the things I know about the Lord is this, is He always leads me back to this, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how difficult the things are, is I can always trust Him. It always comes down to that. And man, I, I, I've gotten to the place where I can't trust anything around me, but I can trust Him, amen? Praise the Lord. And so... Uh, you know, we're going to start, uh, I'm actually going to start in a different place, kind of have a scripture that we start, that I, I, you know, sometimes you build a message around kind of an idea in a scripture, and that still applies, uh, and we'll, we'll get there. Um, but uh, I'm going to start with us over in First in John, and this was a scripture that the Lord, he was help, actually helping me with this morning, you know, uh, I was just seeking the Lord, the message was already prepared, and I was just seeking the Lord, um, you know, just for any added direction or if there's anything you wanted to speak to me or whatever, you know, uh, just seeking God. And, and you know, he gave me this section of scriptures and, and I went to them and then I realized, I was like, well, those probably aren't for the message, but they're for me. And I really realized that they were for me uh, to speak to me in such a way. But then I, I uh, a, f a little bit later, I realized that part of it was for the church as well. So it's amazing how God can do that, right? But I wanted to start with just, it's John, uh, first, first John 4, verses 16 and 17. Um, but I want to kind of remind you of something I started off last week. The problem with so many Christians is that they want to be saved, they want to be blessed, but they don't want to be right. Yeah. And this is what Christianity 101 kind of floats around and hovers around, is this idea of, it, it, you know, it, it's important for us to, you know, to understand that God wants to take care of us. Actually, these scriptures tell us that, uh, 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 some other scriptures that we go to will tell us that God, actually another scripture that we're going to go to, if you read more of them, it talks about the benefits of God. And that's a wonderful thing. God has benefits to his people and we should embrace those things. But uh, that shouldn't be the, the, the bulk of what our faith walk is. It, it, we have to understand that there's more to us than just being blessed and just being being taken care of. Amen. It's, it's that God gave us the ability. The blood of Jesus didn't just die to, to, to bring healing or to bring help or to bring salvation. It did all those things and we're thankful for it. We don't want to make light of those things. But one of, one of the incredibly important things that the blood of Jesus did was to make us right before the Lord. And for people to be made right before the Lord and to reject being right, is that's that's it's like a spit in the face a slap in the face of jesus it's saying that the blood doesn't matter to me the price that you paid because that was the reason he had to die because we weren't right and when we understand that it it, it should it should uh enliven something on the inside of us or stir something or at least give you something to stir you know, recently I wrote in the Faith Fix, um, I think it was this last week's Faith Fix, and, I, and it was revelation to me as I wrote these words, but why would God want people to be with him 
that are constantly trying to find a way to not do the things that he wants. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like, you know, like Christians that, that are endeavoring to sin or they, they thrust themselves into sin and they don't, are unrepentant when it, when it comes to those things. Like, why would God, why would we think God would still want you present? You know, when we fight what's good, if we're a Christian that does that, and there's Christians that do that, you have to ask, are they really Christians? But they fight what's good. And why? Why do you fight what's good? God has given you what's good. He's told us what's good, and yet you fight what's good. Why? You know, you, it's one thing to be caught up in a sin and say, like, I, I can't even control this. Listen, brothers and sisters, if you haven't listened to last night's message, I encourage you to do that. Go listen to that message. It's about God's grace. God's grace works in us when we're at our worst. It works in us when we're completely not able. And that's the whole point of grace, that you're not able, that you can't do it, right? But grace doesn't come. God's ability doesn't come. So we stay the way that we were, so that we stay broken, so that we, you know, we feel like broken people all the time, don't we? Or a lot, many, much of the time, many of the times, however you want to say it, praise the Lord. We feel broken at times, right? But God doesn't want us to remain there. You know, even me, I've like sometimes I have a habit of sharing, uh, sharing a lot with my congregations. And the reason I do that is because I just, from the beginning, it seemed right in my heart that it wouldn't do you any good if I stood up here and acted like some kind of uh, untouchable, uh, untouch, untouchable superpower who doesn't ever have problems in life. I knew that that wouldn't be helpful to you. So, so what? And, and I knew that because it was never helpful to me. And so what I did was I decided early on is I'm just going to be honest with people. And sometimes, to be honest, I'm too honest. And, and what I mean by that is I say things I probably shouldn't. I go too far with stuff sometimes. And, and I get myself kind of, you know, in, in, into a little bit of a ditch or something. Thank God my wife helps pull me out of it. Amen. <laughs> And sometimes you guys do too. But the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, we, we, we can get off. We can get, um, we need God's help to be on. But we have to desire that. And you know, listen, and the, the thing about desire, and this is what I love about grace. I didn't plan on teaching about grace today, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit because we wouldn't get here without God's grace, right? The thing that I've learned about grace is, Okay, so now I know this. I know, and I'm a thinker. I'm an overthinker, right? I didn't say I'm a smart thinker. I'm an overthinker, right? And so I overthink things, and I toss them over and over and over and over again. I'm like a, a washing machine of thinking. Just over and over. Uh, this way, I guess it goes, or whatever way it goes. So you got a washing machine. It doesn't matter, you know? Sometimes it goes through the ringer, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. But, but, but I'm, I'm overthinking, and I think, like, well, God, how do we, like, I, I get to this place, and I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm like, Lord, I get to this place where I, okay, now I know I have to desire what's right. But what I don't find is a desire for what's right. Yeah. See, I just need God's grace. Yeah. But I recognize I need God's grace, and then I call on God's grace. Yeah. And that's what we do, and I'm settled in God's grace in the sense that every time I get worked up, I let myself be settled in God's grace. But that doesn't mean that I neglect it and just throw it away and say, well, I'm just going to live by grace so I can just go do any stupid thing that I want to do. That's not right either. And that's what repentance is for. Repentance is trying to make it right. If I've wronged somebody, I try to make it right. That's what we have to do as Christians. But especially the Lord. If we wrong him, we got to make it right. We got to do our best. I was repenting for something that God has forgiven me this morning. I was repenting for something that God had forgiven me years and years and years ago. I mean, he, I, why was I repented for it? 
because they just realized how much it was against what God had planned for my life. And it wasn't that I was getting into, I wasn't dragging up the past and just getting in. I'm not saying that you got to go back and continually repent. God forgives. And when he forgives, he forgets it, right? He just, he, 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 in other words, he's not going to hold it against you, right? right. I, I, I used to believe that God just completely supernaturally forgot about it, but I don't believe that's necessarily what happens either. But uh, if you believe that, that's fine. You know, I, I don't know. We could argue about it later. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. I was going to God and I was just like, Lord, I'm just, I'm just genuinely sorry that I lived that way, yeah. that I did that thing. And again, it wasn't some kind of, uh, it wasn't some kind of uh, me dragging up the past and feeling sorry and bad about the past. But I just realized, you know, there's things that we do in our life that will follow us our entire life. Right. There's, op- praise God. I don't know where all this is coming from, but I think someone needs to hear it. Maybe everybody. But there's things that happen in our life that will continually come up through our lives. There's actions I, 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 I made when I was uh, even as, as young as a teenager that I'm still affected by. Still affected by them. Uh, they, still come, they still come up. Why? Because you can do something. Man, you can do something in your life and it can cause a problem that lasts throughout your life. Right? Um, uh, I Actually, this, this, uh, when I was about uh, roughly about 18, 19 years old, um, I, I, I was running through my, uh, a yard and I, uh, I, I tripped over a tomato vine. I was just messing around. My brother tripped over a tomato vine holder that was laying in the yard. And I went sailing through the air and I hit my head on a, on a six by six post that was holding up a pavilion. The pavilion did not move. <clears throat> but I had this, you know, this, my, my face looked like I had been beaten with a Mack truck. And, uh, you know, and <clears throat> I, I went to the hospital eventually and, you know, back then, I, I mean, I, they knew about concussions, but they didn't really seem to think it was a, that big of a deal or whatever and sent me on. But, you know, one of the things that the neurologist was telling me recently is that that is something that seems to, when stuff like that happens, sometimes for whatever reason, it seems to reappear in your, in your 40s specifically. And that was, you know, the, uh, a possibility of some of the things that I dealt with this year. And uh, wh- why do I say that? Because here's this is something that's rearing its ugly head up in my 40s. I'd forgotten, really forgotten much about until somebody asked me, have you ever had a head injury? And, um, and then we were talking about, of course, I was in a bad car accident when I was 18 as well, um, <clears throat> which was also, you know, I didn't hit my head. But uh, the, the doctor said just because just of the type of accident, it was a rollover accident. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and so just from stuff like that, you know, you can have these, these effects. Well, um, the, the point I'm trying to bring up in this is, is sometimes effects will follow us through and you can't change that effect. Depending on the nature of them, some things you can change, some things you can't. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, but, the, but, but God is good to work in us and through us even in those, those times. And, 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 and we have to understand that, that God's grace will help us. Man, I don't know how I got off on all that. But uh, I, I, again, I do believe that, that, that it's for people to help us to understand. We can't get to the place, allow ourselves to get to the place where we're hopeless. You know, too many people do that. And, and, that's, and really, hopelessness is, can only really have an effect in people that have never truly come to know the Lord. Not, you know, and I don't mean know the Lord in the sense they could be saved, but I mean to know him. You know, there's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to know him. Right? It's one thing to come to church, but it's another thing to be part of the church. 
it's one thing to, you, you know, to, uh, you, you know, to know about these things that we do, but it's another thing to partake of them. And so this is what, this is what our heart is with God. Amen. This is what our heart should be with God is that we don't just want to get saved. Now we want to understand this. We want to know God. Amen. This is the pursuit that we're on. So first John four verses 16 through 17. Uh, and it says here, and so we know, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. I love that. Brothers and sisters, first and foremost, as a Christian, this, this is what you're called to. To know and to rely on the love that God has for us. It's not just enough to rely on it, but to know it. And it's not just to know, know it, but to rely on it. I, I really believe that these two words are important for us to, to realize what God wants from us. God wants us to know him and to rely on him. And yes, it says his love, but God is love as it tells us right there, right? God is love. And so we understand that God is love. And if God is love, now love, of course, love, and the reason that the devil in the world is trying to manipulate and change the definition of love is so you won't understand this. And the world doesn't even know they're doing it for this reason, but there's a devil behind it. And the devil is trying to get people to move out of this place of knowing God's love. Amen? You know, one of the things that I preached at this funeral this week was uh, was that about what Jesus did? That he, you know, this idea that he that that he did this out of love. You know, see, so many people they see death when you approach death, they think, well, God caused the death. And there was many people there that I can tell you even believe that God took this young man. Now, you you know, the point was not that God took. He doesn't take life out of us. That isn't what God is doing. God isn't desiring to remove life from us. But Jesus came so that we could live and truly live as God intended us to live. Amen? Now, living doesn't just mean living here on the earth. It means living for eternity. But the fact of the matter is, is God died for us. Jesus died for us so that we could be with him forever. To overcome death. That's why Jesus had to die. So many people don't even understand that. And this would fit into Christianity 101. Why would Jesus have to die? Would, would, some people just look at it because they just wanted to satisfy the wrath of God. But see, that's missing the heart behind why Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die because someone needed to overcome death for us. We couldn't do it. And, without, uh, and there was nobody who was able to overcome death. And so Jesus said, I will do it. So Jesus came in the embodiment of a man, fully God, fully man, and he lived here for a time. He showed us some aspects of the Father that we needed to understand, but then he died. And he didn't die just, you know, the, the idea of dying for our sins is not just, okay, he just took the punishment, that's what it was for. Because God needed to punish somebody, and so he just wanted to throw it on Jesus, and that was it. That's not the purpose of it. Jesus died to overcome death. Death, as I said, is, is, is we're told in the scripture, is, is the last enemy. We know that death is an enemy. And in the end, Jesus will fully defeat death and it will have no more reign in our lives. But we need to understand these things because this gives us hope to rely on God. When we understand that God wasn't willing to leave us dead, that he wanted to bring us to life. Amen? And, 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 and uh, 
so it, it goes on to say God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, in God in them. This is the thing that God, one of the things that God was helping me with in my own life. It's like sometimes, you know, there's so much that comes at you. There's so much you can read. There's so much you can see. There's so many different opinions out there on, on, on what it means to be saved and what you're going to do. But see, this really makes it simple, doesn't it? God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And if, God, if we live in God and he lives in us, then how could we ever be separate, separate from him? Right. I was going to say separated from him, but we can't. God is love. He's the embodiment of love. The only reason humanity knows love is because God. Right. Humanity only knows the concept of love because of God. And so God's love is called to live in us. But what happens if we reject love, push away from love, we try to put love in a closet and let it lie. You know, some, I, I say this all the time, and I'm not perfect at not sinning. But so many of the sins that dogged me all my life, the reason that I don't do them now is because of love. First, God's love for me, but then also my love for him or my love for my wife. You know what keeps me a faithful husband? My love for my wife. It's not because there's never desires or temptations to, to move me away from that. And any man who would tell you that there's not is probably lying to you. And the same thing with other than any area of life you can talk about. What keeps me there is love. What keeps me pushing for uh, to, 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 to make sure that our relationship is good. The reason my wife and I have, 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 have been able to have a good relationship only exists because of love for one another and we understand it because of God's love and because we, we, we try to put that as a driving force in our lives. And that's what does it. That's what pushes it. And I'm not saying we're perfect at it. You don't need to be perfect at it. It's not about being perfect at it. It's about letting God's love do what God's love is supposed to do in you. Not rejecting it. Understanding what is love, what isn't love, and rejecting what isn't. And sometimes rejecting what isn't love is hard. Because it's not what you want. Because you have this thing called lust on the inside of you. And lust, I'm not just talking about sexual lust. I'm talking about lust as, as in anything. Lust that drives us away from God, things that push us away from what God has for us right. or what God wants us to do or what God has clearly said is right and wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. As we follow love, it helps us to break into these things. It helps us to break into that place. And that's why Jesus said the first, all the commandments come together in one commandment and that commandment is love. And he told us how to love. It's not difficult. Sometimes it feels difficult, but it really isn't difficult because love feels good. Love can hurt. My wife, as she said, my wife and I shed lots of tears this week. We, we wept and wept, and then we felt we were okay, and then we wept some more. And I even said to someone, I said to, I actually it was Pastor Michael. I called him. And uh, to let him know the things that had transpired, and, and, and he consoled me, and it was, it was nice. It was wonderful, actually. But, um, you know, I said, one of the things that I really have learned this week is what Jeremiah talks about when he says that I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Because when you look at people and you love them the way that God loves them, and you don't, there's nothing, you can explain it. You can't tell people about it. You can't share it with people. You can't even, it's just there, and it's like, and it hurts that it's there. Sometimes love hurts. 
love hurts. <laughs> Sorry for my singing voice. Praise the Lord. But we know that it does. Sometimes it, the, the, out of that love, it causes pain. It causes grief. I mean, funerals would be a lot easier if we never had to love, wouldn't they? Be a lot simpler to just write it all off, but that's not the way that we have it. We get to experience things, but we experience this pain and this suffering because of the world that we live in, not because God is so bad, but God experiences this as well. But this is why our focus has to be these things. And love, not as the world sees it, but love as God has defined it. Love as God shows us. Love that goes too far, that, that, that forgives too much. That, 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 that takes us, you know, uh, makes us go further than we would have, were willing to go. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I thank God for the office, uh, the, 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 uh, the, some people, you know, they call it offices. I don't like referring to it as offices, but giftings, the gifting of a pastor in my life because I understand things that I couldn't understand any other way. And I don't say that as any kind of pride. It isn't pride. It isn't about me. It's not about, but I just, it's like God has given me a glimpse into things that he can see. And I don't know why he does it other than to, to because he, well, I do know why. He does it because he loves, so incredibly loves his people. He said that, that, that he understood that he wasn't going to be here physically forever, but he wanted us to partake of that. And of course, we can understand those things. If you're a parent, you can understand those things as well. That, that love that just reaches beyond trial and tribulation, that reaches beyond opposition, that reaches beyond even attack against you. Amen? Praise the Lord. But this is what the, the, the culmination of what God desires for us. And this is what it means to be a Christian. See, I wrote a whole other message. Praise the Lord. In, in, in just a couple of scriptures, God can... Uh, just can do so much with it, right? Because I haven't even got to the first starting scripture yet, but this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. In love. So this is how love is made complete. It's, we, we have to follow this path of love. It's so incredibly important for us. And it makes us consider all the things that we do. It makes us consider our actions. At the very least, it makes us consider how bad our actions were and then makes us repentant. And I just tell you that if you get to that place where, you, where your actions, you do your actions and you just justify them, what you do is you throw love to the curb. You disposed of it, not God. The way we have confidence before God is through love. The way that we have confidence before God is through love. Brothers and sisters, if I could be real with you, if I could be raw with you, one of the things that I have really come up against is this battle of, Lord, what if I'm not right in your eyes? Because I don't have God sitting on my side of my bed just conversing with me day after day. You know, there's things that come in the spirit and there's things that he stirs up and sometimes he'll give direction, but sometimes, you know, direction can be manipulated and changed in our minds and stuff. And so it's like, oh, well, how do we even know? And then the Lord leads me to these scriptures. You can have confidence in love. If we, if we understand what love, and of course, if you want to understand what love really is, really meditate and study 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. You'll know all about love. It tells us what love is. I mean, get it in you and understand it. It's, it, it's, it's so important. Actually, last night I was, uh, I, I, I was, I was chatting with a, uh, a company. Uh, it was... Uh, 
It was an airline company about a flight that I've got. And there were some things, uh, some situations that, that, that weren't exactly lining up the way that it needed to be. And I'm a pretty loyal customer. And, I, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, that typically seems to be appreciated in, in, in places. But I was ta talking with this, this chat person last night, and it was slow because it was, it was over, uh, you know, it was like messaging back and forth. And it was slow, and it bothered me a little bit because it was so slow, and it was getting late, and I just wanted to sleep because I was tired after preaching, and I knew I had to get up this morning. And as I was laying there, and I hadn't even opened these love scriptures yet. Those came to me this morning. Uh, as I was laying there, I said, so what you're telling me is that you're like that, that, that I'm kind of stuck in a position and there's nothing you're, you're, you're really able to do or will, really willing to do about it. And they sent me back a message that was just basically like in a nice, very uh, nice uh, professional way. Yeah, exactly. We're not doing anything about it. And so, of course, instantly what my, my reaction was to do is, is to want to get mad. And so I was just going to like, okay, fine. I'm going to show this, per this, this person on the other end that I'm mad. And I'm just going to like ignore them now. You know, because that's what love would do. <laughs> and as I'm laying there, the spirit starts stirring on the inside of me. Love won't let you ignore them. Won't let you just, just, just say that it, it, it's not matter. That I can make them see, because really what that is, is when you do that, what, what, what I was doing is, and I'll just tell you, if you want to know, praise the Lord. This will help you. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when you leave a message unspoken or something unspoken, or, or, or you, you're going to let somebody know that you're mad at them, do you know that's a form of witchcraft? Yeah, because it's trying to control somebody's mind. That's what witchcraft, witchcraft is nothing more than just trying to control somebody's mind. It's trying to manipulate them to do something. And that's what manipulation is. It's witchcraft. You know, a lot of people think, oh, they were just manipulating. No, it was witchcraft. Because it's trying to get somebody to react or to respond in a certain way that is opposite of what they're feeling. Like, you know, that's why we attack back, right? We attack back at people sometimes when they when they've wronged us or make us mad or whatever. The reason we attack back is because we want them to feel something. Yeah. But what we want them to feel is not godly. Because God doesn't want them to be living in condemnation, and yet we somehow want that. And I wanted this person, they were just doing their job, and I don't know if they were doing it well. But it doesn't really matter. What does any of that change when it has to do with who I am as a Christian? It doesn't change anything. And so as I'm laying there and getting convicted about this, I'm like, well, I want a good night's sleep tonight. I better make it right. And I just sent them a message. I said, well, I appreciate that. I guess I'll just look, another, or look to do things another way, but I, thank, you, thank you for trying to help me out. Yeah. And then that's where I left it. They sent me a, bunch of, a couple more messages, you know, as they have to do closing messages, but I was already asleep by then. So, uh, but it wasn't, I, I didn't leave it wrong is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is why the Bible tells us, you know, don't let sun go down on, on, on anger and stuff like that. Why? Because, because you just leave it wrong and it gives it time to fester. Amen? Praise the Lord. So love is the most important thing. And I want to bring up just to, for the, the, sake of, uh, the sake of getting into the message I started to preach last week and didn't finish. But uh, Psalm 37.3, this is the kind of the scripture that we, we have been we've been kind of, you know, built this, this message has been built around is trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. This is the NIV. Last week I read it in the NASB, which was slightly different, but this is, just gives us the same idea. But trust in the Lord and do good is what we're focusing on. 
This is what it means to be a Christian, to trust God and do good. It's that simple. Do what is good. And if you did what is bad, then do what is good to fix what was bad. If you've done something bad, that's fine. Do your best to fix it. And if you can't fix it, then do your best to express your desire to fix it and your sorrow for not being able to. And in that, some people will not accept that. They won't be okay with that. They won't be okay with your apology when you can't fix it. But that doesn't change the fact that we have to do our part. To be a Christian is to be right before the Lord. To be a Christian, to be a believer, is to have being right before the Lord matter to us. It means something to us to be right. Why did I not? I, I could have, listen, I could have probably gotten away with just being snarky, maybe giving that person an earful. You know, uh, uh, many years ago, I was, uh, we were opening a frame shop and I had to go get paint. We were painting the inside of the, the frame shop, picture framing. And I, I painted the inside of the place and I, I was one can short. So I went back, I took the can of paint with me, went back to Home Depot, I bought one can, I bought the other can, and I, I got it back to the place, I started painting, of course you can't really tell until it dries, but it was a different shade, somehow, or hue, or whatever, they didn't do something in the coloring to get it right. And so I'm not happy. I've been, I've been under the gun trying to get this place open and working really hard at doing it. Also, you know, you know we've been pouring money into it. And now I've worked all this. I painted a room. So now I have a, I, I have a choice. I can either have them try to make the paint right or I can just repaint the entire place. You know, and of course, that was a lot of work. And I'm sure many of you can understand what, it, what it's like. You've been there. Uh, so I go back to Home Depot and I get this one guy and this one, this one uh, goofy guy that's been at Home Depot the, the entire time. I say goofy because he's a little bit goofy it's just the way it is I'm not trying to be mean he's just a little bit different you know and and goofy towards me I mean I think he's the same guy that years and years ago I, I was in the the landscaping section and I I stood up and I I, I had uh, my my I used to shave my head bald and I I hit my head on the edge of some metal that shouldn't have been there that was and it gashed the top of my head open I was bleeding and this guy comes up to me with a spray bottle and a rag and it was like like and I'm like get away from me you know <laughs> And he's like, are, are you refusing medical treatment? I'm like, you're not giving me any kind of treatment. Get away from me, you know. And so I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. Uh, we haven't had a lot of interaction in the years. He might have recognized my face, but that's about it. But, uh, and now I've grown, uh, you know, grown my hair back. And so, uh, so that was a good disguise at any rate. But anyway, he's the one working the paint counter. He doesn't normally work the paint counter, but he was working it that night. And, and he's been around for a while, you know. And I was like, and I, and I brought the paint in and I said, you guys mixed the wrong color. I wasn't happy about it. And he said, well, you got a receipt? And I looked at him, I was like, I was like, that paint can, that's your paint can, right? He's like, yep. I was like, that's my receipt. <laughs> Obviously, I bought it from Home Depot, right? They don't sell this anywhere else. I bought it from you, right? And this guy's like, oh, I, I'm sorry, we, I got to have a receipt or I can't do anything. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute here. Like they, and of course it went, went off and I started getting angry and I was a little bit even less sanctified then if you can believe it and, and I, I, I just like and it went and I finally and I, and I, I finally just lit into him now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian I'm going to church I'm ushering I'm, I'm doing all the things and didn't know it but I'm going to be a pastor at some point you know and, and, and here I am and I'm just I swear I swear at this guy and man and I'm so mad I mean I'm mad mad I'm, I'm telling you like if I swear I'm mad that's how that, you know you got to get me real mad to swear and 
and it's still possible today. I'll just be completely honest. With you. And full disclosure, uh, you don't have a pastor who's never said a bad word, especially even as he's pastored. Uh, not yet in the pulpit. In fact, I've had I've had I've had like nightmares before that I swore as I was preaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know how I'd come back from that except by the grace of God, but I really try not to swear. That's not, you know, it's not something you should do. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying that sometimes it happens. Amen. And, and, but at any rate, this guy, I swore at this guy, and he finally gets it all figured out. And he's like, oh, I think we can look it up. I was like, yeah, you might as well do that. And so he looks it up, and then he makes me the new paint can. And basically all he did was make my afternoon a little bit longer, a little bit harder, you know, and annoyed. And so I went, and I'm back painting, and I'm painting, and I've just had enough Christianity in me to know I'm like, it's not right. It's not right. You got to go back. Yep. You got to go back. And I go back there, man. And like my tail between my legs and I walk up to him and I think he maybe was thinking I was going to hit him or something. I had to find him in a different aisle. Yeah, I had to find him in a different aisle and I just walked up and I said, listen, I was like, I was in here the other day, or I think yesterday or something like that. And I was like, yeah, because I might've given it a whole day to really fester in me. And I, I said, I, you know, I was like, I'm a Christian and I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have. I was like, that wasn't a good representation of my faith. And he's like, oh, man, that's so sweet. Thank you for the, you know, it was nice, you know. Now, every time I see him, he does everything to try to annoy me. I am not kidding. I mean, he does. He goes, it seems like he goes over. And I don't know if it's spiritual, if it's him, remember? I don't know. But I'm telling you, every time I got to deal with this man, he goes overboard. And I just smile sweetly because I want to go back. I don't want to have to go back. I don't want to have to do that again. So I'm just like, oh, thank you for helping me out. Praise the Lord. And that's really, I know I've told the story before probably, but I, but I tell that story again because that other part, that's, the, you know, to keep it going that way, that, that, that we, uh, to remember that, to remember to continually be that way. Amen. Praise God. Plus, you never want to be in there and say, hey, because I've had people do that. Like, you know, so I've known somebody maybe that worked in one of the churches or something. And I go through the, the, the checkout line. They're like, hey, this is Pastor Jeff. This is, I mean, people do that, right? This is, or this is my, you know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's the same guy that swore at me and almost threw a paint can at me. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But that's the way. But trust in the Lord and do good. This is what we're called to do. And, and this is what we have to understand about doing good is the fundamental part of doing good. The fundamental part of doing good is being right before the Lord. Yeah. It's, just, it's just making sure, Lord, you know, did I wrong people? Like this, I, 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 this the washing machine head, you know, and I, I go over and over and over these things when I, if, if something's happened. So I, I mean, you ever have something happen? You just know that you didn't have any part of it? You know, but I still go over it and over it and over it. Why do I do that? Because I want to be right before the Lord. And sometimes I take it way too far. I'm not saying that you, you know, if you're an obsessive thinker, then I'm just telling you, I'm not giving you a license to obsessively think. But it is good that we think about these things, that we keep them before us. And this is how we stay tender. We stay tender before the Lord when we are always open to walking in humility, amen? And that's to always consider that maybe it was something that we did. So if you have a disagreement with somebody, maybe it's something you did, amen? Um, praise the Lord. For many, uh, the sole desire of Christianity, of their faith, is just to experience good. You know, when we pray, I want to experience good. I come to church because I want good in my life. And although there's nothing bad with wanting good in your life and, and to even expect that from the Lord, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That shouldn't be our sole desire. That shouldn't be what drives us. 
you know, it shouldn't be what can I obtain, but what can I do for the Lord? Amen? Um, and the problem is, it, 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 with so many, is if we can at least acknowledge, if we cannot at least acknowledge the need to be good before the Lord, the truth is we'll never do it in the world. If we can't, if we can't be good, or at least try or desire to be good, toward the one who's redeemed us, the one who's saved us, the one who is, who is bringing us through to the end, the one who has never left us nor ever will, the one who is continually backing us up, the one who, who does heal us, the one who does bless us, the one who does open doors of opportunity, the one who does uh, you, you know, uh, carry us through storms and, and lead us into new truths and to, to, to understand about the least that we could do is, is, is to be good for him. And again, this idea of being good is that not we're always going to hit it. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss it so much. And we have to be okay with the fact that we're going to miss it so much. But missing it so much is not the same as, you know, uh, I have this tendency. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I battle. Uh, one of the things I battle in life is, is weight. To keep my weight in a place that's healthy. Okay. And I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about me. Things that I deal with. And, my, and I know just between my health record and things that I deal with and my doctors, I know where I got to be and what I got to do. And I know what I got to do to get there. But one of these tendencies that I can have, and probably some of you can even uh, relate to this, is that, that as soon as I uh, you know, take that time, maybe like after Christmas, to step on the scale and all of a sudden, man, it's up way too much. It may be up higher than I, I ex expected. And I, again, I'm not talking here to put bondage on anybody about diets or anything like that. That's not the purpose I'm saying. I'm saying this because it's something I know I deal with and I know many other people deal with as well. Because, you know, I've known people. I know lots of people. They can eat McDonald's every night of the week and never gain an ounce. I smell McDonald's and there's five pounds. You know what I mean? This is the way that it is. It's not that I'm trying to eat McDonald's, but it doesn't matter what it is. You know, like it, that's the way it is. A, a, a cookie, just like a cookie multiplies after it gets into my gullet. You know, it's just like, boom, 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 and there it is. And it adds weight to itself. It's amazing how it works. If you could, uh, I mean, if you could, if you could take the effects of a cookie inside my stomach and put it like underneath a car that needs to be jacked up, it, it would work great. It would just do it. There you go. Take the tire off, put it back on, and eat the cookie out underneath it, you know. But, uh, but, but you know, that's something I show. But what, what, what's one of the tendencies when you get discouraged, when you do that? One of the tendencies is just throw yourself all into it. Well, I, I can't stop gaining weight, so I might as well. And this is something that I battle every single time. And sometimes I give myself a little bit too much to it. But at some point, I have to get it back under control if I want it to be if I'm going to keep it right. And it's a battle. And I've thought about that. And I was like, Lord, why is it such a battle with me with weight? Some people, it's so easy. They just, they just, they just live skinny or whatever. You know, they, they, live, they live healthy. There's those people that just do that. They can eat whatever. There's this girl that my, uh, this young woman that my, my uh, father-in-law loves to watch on YouTube. And, and she just, she goes to these, uh, these restaurants and orders these enormous meals. We're talking like 10, 20,000 calories in one sitting. And just, and she puts it all down. I mean, I'm, I'm like half vomiting watching her because, you know, you like get to that place of being full and then it's over full, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's gone too far. And she's like, and she just does it to the hill and she does it and packs a little bit more in there and 
licks the fingers afterwards, you know. I'm like, if I, I get so full sometimes, if I even smell anything else, I want to just get rid of it. You know? But she's, she just does it, and it's like, how can she do that? She's not, and she's not an overly big person. It's not like she's like super, like you wouldn't expect the way she eats is what you see. But that's just different metabolisms and stuff like that. But God has taught me things about that. He's taught me about life through my battle with, with, with keeping my weight in check. Yeah. Believe it or not. I said, Lord, once, I said, Lord, why isn't it just easy? Why can't I just do it? Because sometimes things aren't just easy. Sometimes we have to fight through things. And if we have to fight through something, then fight through it with the Lord. As unto the Lord. Put it before the Lord and say, Lord, this is, uh, this is a battle I'm dealing with, and I trust you to get me to the other side of it. But throwing ourselves all into doing wrong doesn't help us. It doesn't help to fix. And we know that, right? And that's why we come together and encourage one another. But if we can't be right before the Lord, we'll never be right for the world. But I can tell you this, brothers and sisters, God didn't make me a pastor because I was at all even remotely close to being perfect or even at times okay. Sometimes it just don't feel okay. God made me a pastor because my heart would allow me to, to constantly come to that place. You know, one, sometime, one time years ago, I was in a conversation with a, a pastor friend of mine. This was before I was pastoring. And I, I was talking with him, and I was going through a real hard spell, a real hard thing. And I was mad about something. I was real fired up about something. And he was telling me I was an idiot. I mean, straight up, he was telling me I was wrong. He was handing it to me. And he was like, and he started talking about David, King David, you know. And I said, I said to him in anger, I just said, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no David. I'm not David, you know. Actually, one of the people he actually referred to me uh, then too was you, Kirk. I just remember that now. He was talking about, because well, he was talking about serving, serving your pastor and, and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that we were dealing with. And, and he was talking about, he was like, imagine if Kirk ever did that. And it spoke me. Because he, he, he was talking, he was just, just pointing out what a, a faithful man of God this was. Amen. Or is. He is. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it was at the time is what I'm saying. And I was like, I'm, I'm no David. And then instantly when I said that, then something inside my spirit connected me to David. Maybe it was just because I said that in, in, in my, my, uh, my rash speaking or whatever, you know. I just spoke that out like that, and then God instantly connected me to it. Or maybe there was something there all along. I don't know. But the point is, is that I haven't been able to get away from David and this idea of who David was. And over the years, it keeps coming up. You can ask my wife how many times it's come up, even in people prophesying, even people prophesying over not saying that I'm David. You know, I'm not saying that, but there's, you know, a heart. Uh, yeah, and the heart is is this. I, I, so I went on an exploration one day at one point. Like, what is the heart of David? Why why was it? Because he he did such awful things, and yet here he was before the Lord, and it's because he always had a heart to please God. He always had a heart of repentance to get back to God. And brothers and sisters, that's what it is. That's what it means to be a Christian. Is that to be a good Christian is to to have a heart to just please God, to be to recognize that you know I'm off here. I've been off. But this is, but I can get it right, or I can try, or I can at least say I'm sorry again, God, and come to him again, trying to make it right. You know, the difference between uh, Peter and Judas was Peter was repentant. Jesus opened the door for Peter to completely screw up. The worst, he denied Jesus with a curse at Jesus' most rough and suffering moment. He denied him with a curse. And yet God, Jesus promised him that once he was restored to restore his brethren, that he would be able to. Judas wasn't repentant. Right? right? right. 
Praise the Lord. And so this is the difference between us. Like what, what separates us out from being somebody who's useful and not somebody who's used and not. It isn't perfection. It isn't ability. It isn't greatness. It isn't, uh, uh, you know, a certain stature. It's not a f familial stand, uh, uh, standing or anything like that. It has nothing to do with anything other than a heart for the Lord. I want to, I'm going to probably have to end here because I only have a, uh, less than a minute le or two minutes left, but um, it's Psalm 103.1. This, and again, this scripture came to me this morning. This is another one that was stirring in me. Praise the Lord, O my soul, or my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Now, of course, if you go on, if you continue reading out Psalm 103, it says, and consider all his benefits, and it talks about that. But so often we can jump to the benefits part of praising God that we don't realize, that we don't quite think about this. You know, um, the, the, your soul, as, as it's defined here, is, is literally like the, the, the seat of your emotions and your desire. So you could say that it's, it's what makes us us, essentially, right? So what you could say, you could say it this way is let your desire, or out of your desire, praise God. Yeah. Or let your desire be to praise God. From, from that place of my desire to praise God. And this is what it's calling us to. Before it talks about the benefits of praising God, come to God with your desire. Come and not say, Lord, this is what I desire to have. This is what I want. That's not what it's talking about. Come to God desiring him. How do you do that? You recognize that that's a good thing and then you start doing it. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel like you desire. Do you know you even need God's grace to desire him? We're not going to get to it today, but in Romans it says there's nobody who's wanted God. There's nobody who's sought after him. There's nobody who's truly repentant. That's what Romans tells us. None, none have, all have forsaken him. They all walk away. The disciples proved that. The faithful disciples proved that when Jesus was on the cross. There's none. We even need God's grace in our desires. But we need to recognize that we need it. And then we got to go to him and say, Lord, I'm making this my will. It's not my will. See, this is why God has been teaching me so much about this because he's brought me to this realization that I don't want to serve him. I don't. I don't want to do what God wants me to do no more than you want to do what God would require of you to do. There's nothing, there's nothing that seems fun in the flesh of sacrifice, crucifying the flesh. What, what sounds fun about that? What sounds fun about putting your life down for others? Nothing sounds fun in that. There's no desire in that. I don't desire it. And when God brought me to that realization, I'm like, well, so what are you saying? What are you telling me, God? So you're saying I'm just lost? See, that's why I went into this kind of tailspin for a minute because I just got in my head and I was like, so you're saying, no. I realize I need God's grace to even desire him, to even desire what's good. I don't want to do it. Praise the Lord. I said this for years. I've, I don't desire to get in the pulpit any more than any of you would. Maybe some of you would. If you want to tag team out and try it, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, maybe we need to let you, but I'm serious. I don't desire to speak in front of people. Everybody asks me to do funerals that don't, that, that don't necessarily go to my church because they just assume this way. I'm like, you realize this isn't like a gift that I have. I, you know, I just don't like, you want me to do a funeral, but you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to come there and talk about, I know how to give a Christian funeral. That's what I knew to, know, know to do. I don't necessarily even know how to make you feel better all the time. 
Because sometimes there's, there's times I've done funerals in the past for people. I don't know. I don't know where they're at. At the very least, I can say I don't know, right? Yeah. I can't say where they are, but I can't say verifiably that they are. So how do you give people hope in that? Right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm not talented that way. I'm not gifted that way. I, I'm not a good talker. I might just say it like it is at some point. Not even meaning to. And then hate myself later for saying like it is. You know what I mean? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, that's just the way that it is. But God doesn't need any of that. God needs us. He needs our willingness. Willingness is not, willingness is not even that you're willing, but that you will be willing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'll do this. Fine. I'll do it. I'll get it done. You know what I mean? It's good to get your attitude right because that can take God off too. But, you know, my point in saying that is this, is that you're not going to always start off willing. You know, like, I, I'm just telling you, brothers and sisters, I, I'm like, I, I was saying, I was talking to a friend of mine this week and I was like, and I was, I was lamenting before him and I said, brother, I, I don't even know if I want this. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if I want to do all this. And he's like, and yet here you are talking to me about it. Like that kind of showed me something that I wasn't seeing. Yeah. Yet here you are. You don't want it either. Right? You don't want to be right. You don't want to be good. And yet here you sit. Yeah. Here you are. Yeah. So it tells us something. And we didn't get here by us either. You know, you know what I mean? Like so the, there's something that we can connect to. I hope I'm making this clear enough that, that we trust in God's grace for it. We, we, we lean into him and say, Lord, I need your help. At some point, I mean, don't get me wrong. God will correct you for too much complaining. Yeah. Lament before him, but when you just start complaining, he'll, he'll get you on that, because he has with me. Praise the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Well, praise God. I hope that, that bless you, help you. I believe that it, it did. Maybe we'll get to the rest of the message next week.